Welcome to Dietitian Boss. I'm Libby Rothschild, your host and fellow dietitian. I'm a coach to my fellow female colleagues all around the world. I help you get leads and turn prospective clients into paying customers using online marketing and social media strategies that focus on sales. I'm here with Susan Ports, registered dietitian from Wisconsin. She completed her bachelor's degree in the University of Wisconsin Stout and her dietetic internship and master's degree in dietetics at Mount Mary University. Throughout her career, she has worked in a variety of clinical settings in both rural hospitals and academic medical centers. As her career has progressed, she has found a passion for intuitive eating and a desire to build her own private practice that would allow her to practice in the way she desires to while living life on her own terms. Through her and her husband's journey struggling with infertility, she discovered a passion for helping other women struggling with infertility. Now she helps women struggling with infertility break diet culture and stop obsessing over food so that they can become more fertile and get pregnant. Susan currently works at a part-time clinical position while building her private practice. Welcome to today's episode. Can you let us know where we can find you on social media? Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Um, You can find me at infertility.nutritionist on Instagram. That is my primary social media source. Fantastic. And I I love following your journey on social media. And I was wondering, uh, in addition to your bio, which talks about how you've incorporated, you know, breaking diet culture to stop obsessing, if you could just briefly walk us through your philosophy And then what has helped you create this clear message that you present on social media and to serve your clients? Sure. So, you know, one of the things I think looking back on it is I've always kind of had this feeling that like we just kind of in general tend to overcomplicate nutrition. I think that's kind of my longstanding thing, at least for like the general population. There's definitely things that can be complex about nutrition, right? But generally speaking, I just kind of felt like we tend to overcomplicate complicated. And that's partially because there's so much information out there about nutrition and everyone thinks that they're a nutrition expert. So my approach has been try to simplify it. And that has been like in my clinical roles, but it has really carried me into my private practice setting as well. So my goal is to try to simplify it. And along the way, that's kind of how I started to discover intuitive eating. A friend actually introduced it to me. And when I was reading the book the entire time, I was like, yes, this makes sense to me. This is what I've been like thinking and, but I needed something to kind of put my thoughts into words and the, that kind of intuitive eating health at every size aligned with what I was kind of thinking from a personal standpoint. I love that. So you take a simplistic approach, combine it with intuitive eating. And then the third, I guess the next layer of that question would be, how have you been able to translate that onto social media in a way that actually creates impact? Because many of my listeners struggle with that and you have totally nailed it. I think I struggled with this like initially, but working with you helped me a lot because I realized that a lot of like the words that I was using made sense to me but I'm a dietitian and we have like the education that makes that make sense to me, but it didn't make sense to my audience. So what I've done is like simplified it and turned it into kind of terms that make sense to just anyone that wouldn't even have a nutrition background, which is my ideal client, right? I, most of the people I work with don't have a background in nutrition. Sure. Yeah. And and I love that reframe of how you basically took a simple concept and made it more simple through the lens of what serves them and not another dietitian because your ideal client is not a dietitian. Would you say that's true? Yeah, that is true. I think 
when I like way when I first started my Instagram, I was looking back, I was speaking to dietitians. And I think most of us do that because it's just natural and we're not trained to think about the ideal client. So could you walk us through how creating an ideal client and then creating content for the ideal client who's not a dietitian has helped you create impact and like what that's brought you on your business journey? So this part was really important to me. And I still every like week or every other week when I'm creating content, I have to like sit down and think about who that person is and remind myself because it's easy to kind of get away from that. But actually writing down like this is kind of, this is the person that I want to help. These are their thoughts. This is what they do like in detail. That's what helped me the most. Just kind of getting like that structure of who that person is versus me just kind of thinking in my head. I like writing it down made a huge difference. And if you could just talk about, and that's true for everything, right? Writing down goals, writing down, you know, even if you think about writing an essay or studying for, you know, a biochem exam, we have to draw out processes in order for us to understand what that means. And it's no different when you're doing marketing and when you're getting clear with how you're speaking to a person and solving their problems. And that person is very clearly not another healthcare professional, unless if you're in a business to business space like me, but that's different. So back to your progression, how would you say your niche, meaning what you do and who you like serve the problem that you solve? Can you talk about the process of you owning the fertility niche, incorporating breaking free of diet culture and how that's evolved since you first started? Yeah. So when I like first started and and had this idea that I was going to do private practice, I just like wanted to do intuitive eating and I wanted to help everybody learn how to eat intuitively. And I kind of initially was marketing more towards that, like breaking people from like chronic dieting. And I liked that. But the thing that I was learning about that is it just didn't really resonate with me. And I didn't have like a personal experience with that. And not that you have to have personal experience, but it just wasn't like things weren't jiving, I guess. So, but then kind of when I did more like self-reflection on why the intuitive eating and like the body kindness approach really was like resonating with me, that was kind of when I realized that it had more to do with this whole like fertility journey. Like I would say all of this has kind of been evolving at the same timeline. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, but that's business. It's always an evolution. And for those who, I know it's kind of hard as we talk about this because people maybe haven't seen your progression the way I have, but you basically took a concept of food freedom from the beginning. You always had that intuitive eating, like you said, but you added that, that layer of authenticity and that personal story and honed in on those pain points. And it's been really incredible to see how much you've been able to get clear can you talk about how your process on social media now is different as a marketing tool? How do you use it now versus how you used it six months ago or earlier on when you just focused on food freedom and intuitive eating? Like what's changed for not just the marketing, because you've been clear that you identified your ideal client, but also like the way people are receiving you and sales and you getting leads, like how has that changed? So I actually have a strategy now when I first was posting, I was just kind of like, I had no idea what I was doing and I was struggling to even like come up with content because I just, I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know how to like market to get clients. I was just winging it, but now I actually have a strategy and I have a plan and I plan out my posts like one to two weeks in advance. My goal is to get to like a month in advance, but I'm still 
doing a lot of reviewing of my insights and trying to figure out that's a part of my strategy is reviewing my insights to figure out what's working well and then kind of reframing that. So actually having a strategy that I put into place is the biggest difference between now and when I first started. And how does that feel to have a strategy and, and know that you're heading in the direction of planning almost 30 days ahead? Like what, what is that like for you as a, as a private practice owner? It's easier and it's way less stressful. I used to spend so much time like stressing about it. And then to be honest, I was so like, couldn't figure out what to do that I wasn't posting consistently. Yep. Yeah. It makes, I mean, but it makes sense because, you know, someone who's confused doesn't take action, right? So someone who's clear knows, and then you have the ability to serve these women. So can you talk about making sales on social media and how that has just that process for you with, with Instagram, social media, taking your system, and then that working for you? I think the biggest thing that's working for me is like showing up in my stories and in my feed. I, as I was figuring this out, that's when I started to realize that actually showing up and like showing my face on stories, not only just that, but doing like videos on stories, like helps to build that know, like, and trust, which you talk about all the time. And that has helped me tremendously. So I think I went from the time when I really started to show up in my stories, I've noticed a huge improvement in just people sending DMs, people scheduling calls. So that made a huge difference. And then sales too? Yes. That's amazing. Sales too. It's fantastic. And so it sounds like your process of creating content is based on a strategy and your strategy is a combination of showing up, market research, which is understanding what they want and how to fine tune it. And then finally looking at your insights and finding out like what's resonating and how can I recreate content that actually makes sense that they want to see? Would you say that's correct? Yeah. Amazing. And how do you stay motivated given that you do work? I know this is, you know, a part-time, you work a part-time clinical position. So how are you able to manage the time between growing and clarifying and making sales and marketing, but also still managing the clinical work? It it's definitely takes a balance. I am lucky that I, I shouldn't say lucky, but just kind of that I was able to figure out working a part-time position because once I made that transition, which I know isn't possible for everyone, but once I made that transition, it opened up a lot more time for me to focus on my business So that has been huge, but even still, yes, I'm still balancing not having as much time as I would want for my business. Um, If you could give a tip, a tangible tip of something that you've been able to do or that you think would be helpful for a dietitian, whether she's full or part-time clinical, because a lot of listeners don't feel it's possible for them. They don't think they can make an impact on social media. They don't think they can make sales or they don't think they can increase sales. So what would you say to somebody like that who might have a tight schedule like you do? I would say you have to prioritize and make to-do lists and schedule your time and actually plan it out. So I know that like certain days of the week, that's when I like plan out all my posts for Instagram. And then I have another chunk of time. That's when I take all like my photos if I need to take any. And then I have another set of time where that's where I write my captions. So you have to like, I create time blocks of when I'm going to do things. And I think that's what helps me the most. And have you always done that? Or has that been something newer as you've gotten this like strategy in place? This is newer as I've kind of learned that one doing things like 
in blocks of time makes it easier because you're just doing all one thing. So you can kind of focus on like just creating ideas and then just taking pictures. If I could lump that all into one day, that would be awesome. But that's kind of just how I break it up. And I love that because you're doing what you can with the time you have now and you know what to look forward to when you have more time. And I, I agree, it is ideal to have a half a day or so to be able to do more things at one time. But it's a matter of looking at your schedule and saying what's possible. And how can I make the best of this? And we do that when we're full-time, right? That's what I did Mm -hmm. when I was full-time. You do it when you're part-time. And then you're going to have the same set of problems when you're a full-time private practice, because then you're going to have to balance other things, your clients and your inquiries and your marketing. So at every level, we have to master our, our basic ability to prioritize and then make sure that we are practicing time management skills that work. I love time blocking. So I'm happy that you're able to share that with listeners. Yeah. And you know, the one thing that I kind of just want to add on top of that is having like a job inflicts, you know, that takes your time and we all have other things going on in our lives outside of like just being a dietitian. And for the longest time, I thought that like, I couldn't manage doing like working and trying to build a business and navigating the fertility journey, because obviously that takes some of my time and my energy. Sure. I thought that I couldn't do it, but I, but I am doing it. So I think knowing that you're always probably going to have something going on in your life, whether you're a new mom or you're trying to become one, or you have other things going on in your personal life, it's kind of just figuring out what's going to work the best for you. I love that. And thank you for sharing that vulnerable reflection. I would like to ask you a couple follow-up questions about your journey with fertility. Can you talk about, it goes back to the messaging when you decided to own the fertility space and combine what you like, which is food freedom, but then add that level of vulnerability with your message, can you talk about some of the struggles that you had? For example, like I know your handle and kind of owning certain words. Can you talk about your mindset then and then how that's shaped where you're at now? So you know this, but I do not, and I still kind of don't really like the word infertility, but Once I realized that one, that kind of defined who I wanted to work with. And then as I, honestly, I think you just have to do it. I love it. (laughs) I remember having a conversation with you about that word and and it brought up a a lot of feelings. And I think that that resonates with a lot of people because we all have words and terms that are, that we struggle with. And it's a balance of respecting your alignment, right? Making sure Mm -hmm. that you're not, that you feel comfortable with what you're doing, but also like at some point you got to rip off the bandaid, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I think if I wouldn't have changed my handle to use that word, one, people wouldn't be able to find me, the people that I want to find me because I have had people specifically like DM me and say like, I was searching for infertility nutrition on Instagram and I found you like Susan, you didn't even tell me that. I didn't even know that that, that is amazing. What the power of a, of clear marketing is just incredible. Um, yeah. so, so would it be safe to say that you're happy you switched your handle to a word that made you feel emotional, but you still were able to serve the client and you were able to you know be okay with it enough to do it? Absolutely. Yes. That's great. I, I love that because it's always nice to look at the then and now, like what was difficult then? And we look back and feel like, Maybe we were, maybe it, you know, it wasn't as big of a deal or, or maybe it was more helpful than we had thought. And the handle conversation is so difficult for so many of us. Yes. Yes, it definitely is. 
Is there anything else that you want to add to us about maybe advice for another dietitian, whether she's in your niche or whether another dietitian is in something similar to your shoes where she wants to be vulnerable and she's struggling, or she has some type of a part-time job and she needs maybe more motivation or strategy in order for her to get her message across and make sales and, and get a system in order to decrease stress and, and market like a dietitian boss? I think my first tip is not to be afraid to share your story and to know that you don't have to share absolutely everything about your journey to create that connection with your audience because I don't and I don't ever plan to share all the details, but I'm sharing to the point where I know that I'm making a connection with people and that's what's important to me. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. And can I just ask, did you, before we started working together or when you were doing intuitive eating and food freedom, did you ever share anything about the infertility journey or at that point? No. Okay. I hadn't shared anything. So it was, it was, it was a huge day when I like came out on Instagram about like, and kind of shifted because I shifted my content before I changed my handle. Yeah. And how did it, at the time, what do you think helped you actually, again, is it the same as the handle? Was it just ripping off the bandaid or, or was there a certain catalyst that said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. Or did you kind of walk your talk yourself into giving it a trial? And if it didn't work, you always had a B plan or walk us through what you were thinking during that difficult time. I kind of just got to a point where I was like, I have to do this. Like I, I like, I kind of just felt like this is how I want to help women because I've been there and I, I get it. So it was, I don't know, kind of felt like a little bit like a calling, like, this is what I want to do. And I honestly never thought that would happen. Like I never thought I would feel like that, but it kind of be, it was for a few months before I started working with you, I was like feeling like that, but I was kind of ignoring it. That was when I was feeling like I wasn't sure if like I could do it and manage it. And I wasn't sure how to share that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that because vulnerability and like creating a, a clear message is, is hard. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. It's not easy. Yeah. This is difficult work. And so just a, a follow a last question as we wrap up here, how has, I mean, we've talked about how you feel and you're obviously role modeling for other dietitians listening, but what about your audience and your clients? Like how do they feel with the level of vulnerability you've been able to share by talking about your journey and empowering them on theirs? Like how have they resonated with that? Well, I, people are sending me DMs and even when I'm talking to people like on a discovery call, it's, I know that I'm resonating with people because they're sending me messages and they're telling me their stories sometimes even more so than what I share from my story, but they share like what's happening with them and how like people even write comments on my post saying like this resonated so much with me or I needed this today or I see your post like just when I needed it. And to me, like that's so huge. And it's, it's awesome to see that because I know that I'm kind of providing part of my goal is to provide support for Absolutely. Absolutely. So that means that you're creating the impact you intended to create because you're getting the DMs and you're also getting the comments and and people that are in your ideal client that we talked about from the top of this interview. It's just the person you're trying to attract, you're attracting her and impacting her. And then my last question would be, how has that creating that message in that environment translated into sales? Like you're able to work with your ideal client and serve her in the way that you intend to with your marketing. Yes. So 
I think when I then when I'm talking to them and they're sharing their story with me and knowing that like I have that personal experience too, we're making that connection. And I think that no like and trust that's building people to want to work with me. Yeah. And so you've created a, a very uh, a repeatable process that works for you and connects with impact and income. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Any final thoughts that you want to leave us with today based on this conversation or anything you want to wrap us up with? I think you, uh, the biggest thing is it's going to be hard to get out of your comfort zone, but you have to do it. I was scared. I think everybody is scared when they first start, but once you kind of take that first jump, the other jumps are a little bit easier after that. Yeah. Um, And then just showing up on Instagram, on your stories, show up so people know who you are because that's how they decide to work with you. I love it. You just simply put, thank you so much for, for uh, sharing your story, Susan. I really have enjoyed that. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. The next step to continue pursuing your journey includes applying to my next group program. You can find that on my website under group coaching and apply. You can also grab my free workbook, also listen on my website and go through the exercises so that you can get more clear with your marketing plan, which is going to help you get one step closer to creating the money and impact that you deserve.